Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's good, beautiful people? You guys are locked in on football 24-7. He's John McMullen, and I am Tone DeShields II. Give you guys your daily training camp coverage, and it is the beginning of joint practices between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Cleveland Browns. Before we get too deep into the content, I need you guys to do us a favor. I need you to smash that like button. I need you guys to make sure you're staying engaged in the live chat, and most importantly, Make sure you guys subscribe to the Jacob Sports YouTube channel and also make sure you guys turn on the notification bell. Remember, the notification bell, make sure make sure you guys are fully aware of whenever Jacob Sports goes live. Whenever you want to see Birds 365, Sports Take, the National Football Show, you don't want to miss a beat. So make sure you turn on that notification bell. And also, if you want more from John McMullen, Joe Joseph Liquido, or Paul Domowich, the Hall of Fame voter, make sure you guys go into jkipsports.com. That's J-A-K-I-B-Sports.com. Those guys give you plenty of content to consume in written format, and it's pretty dope. So make sure you guys go check those guys out. So, John, man, today was getting chippy in training camp. You know, the first joint practice. I have to ask you, my man, uh, how, how intense do these things get? I know you have plenty of experience, you know, getting out there. Um, they usually get pretty chippy when compared, especially when you've been going against your own guys for as long as the Eagles have. So when you see another color, uh, usually getting a few bites by all the reports from out there, there wasn't any actual fights or a couple little shoving matches. One with the, uh, the new guy, Ugi Amadi, I think really? Devin Allen got into it a little bit, uh, but not much, no fisticuffs. So, you know, Fletcher Cox after practice had mentioned that uh, the two leadership councils got together from both teams and said, we're not here to fight, we're here to practice. So for the most part, it seems like everybody stayed uh, pretty professional. Yeah, well, I mean, things can get really competitive out there. You know, these during practices, I know things get chippy in, you know, in live action games, but you know, when things are a little bit slower in these in these practices, you, you know, you hear a lot of the chatter, you know, you know, uh, when the, especially when the crowd isn't there. And the word is Devontae Smith, you know, got into a little bit of a back and forth. And that's not even Devontae Smith's character. I mean, shout, shout out to uh, Josh Tolentino. I was reading on some of his uh, tweets and articles and he said Devontae Smith had to let a guy know that, hey, I used to torture you in the SEC. You know, don't get it twisted. Yeah, they have a history. Richard LeCount and Devontae, uh, he was at Georgia when Devontae was at Alabama. So, um, you know, that's one of those competitive things. Obviously, 
Georgia and Alabama have been pretty, uh, pretty good over the past five years or so. So uh, that's a pretty heated rivalry. Um, and, you know, it's fun. It's fun for the guys. Those, those two guys are friends though. Uh, that's one of those things where it's more of a competitiveness and, you know, Devontae's uh, Nick Sirianni, I think, uh, got involved in that a little bit as well and said, <laughs> don't worry about it. You won the Heisman against uh, LeCount. So, you know, yeah, Devontae's a better player. So he, he usually gets the best of that. Yeah, Devontae is interesting because I feel like Devontae is a player who hasn't really been given his flower or get, has been getting his flowers as much as he possibly could. You know, it's been the it's been the A.J. Brown tour and uh, everyone's been talking about uh, Dallas Goddard and, you know, Jalen Hurts and, you know, in their chemistry. But I feel as if Devontae Smith's development is something that's not getting discussed enough. This kid came into the NFL extremely polished. And when you think about it from that perspective, fans can become spoiled by someone who's just so – so good at doing their job, right? Um, are you know are, are fans <clears throat> overlooking Devontae Smith's um, offseason right now? Uh, I don't think so. I think a lot of people are just excited about AJ Brown, um, and that includes the Eagles, by the way. Um, and you know he's been the centerpiece along with Dallas Goddard, and so that's a little bit different. But you kind of saw down the stretch of last season, as good as Devontae was, you know, I think people forgot he was a rookie, you know, and to put all that pressure on him as a rookie where he was the guy seeing double teams all the time, he was the guy defenses were trying to stop. That was, that was probably a little bit too much too soon. Um, And this year, I think that's where the excitement stems from, from the Eagles perspective, you know, you got to pay attention to A.J. Brown now. So all of a sudden, if Devontae Smith is going against the second cornerback instead of the first cornerback, um, that's a big difference. Um, And if you're double-teaming A.J. Brown or you want to double-team Dallas Goddard, you can't double-team Devontae Smith. You can't double-team everybody. So somebody's going to have that that one-on-one matchup, and I think that's where – the Eagles offense and the coaching staff is pretty excited. So what kind of leap should people expect from Devontae Smith? You know, you mentioned he's going to be going up against number twos regularly because of A.J. Brown's presence. And we already saw what A.J. Brown's presence can do uh, to a game. He took two defenders with him when Dallas Goddard scored his uh, his touch, the first touchdown of the season, well, of the preseason. Um, you know, what, what, what sort of leap should fans or, you know, should media members even expect from Devontae Smith? You know, again, he came into the game with such a repertoire of skills and, um, fundamentals. Um, where can, where do you see his game improving? Um, impactful plays. I think they're going to be, you know, more, um, if you're looking for just volume, it might, you might be a little bit disappointed because, you know, instead of being, the number one option he's probably going to be the number three option. So, you know, um, he's going to have a a chance to make more impactful plays, but like I said, the Eagles are pretty consistent. Don't turn the football over explosive plays. That's what they're worried about. Um, 
they want to win those two categories every week. Uh, turnovers, explosive plays. Um, you know, if he gives you four catches and two explosive plays instead of seven catches and one, you'd, you'd want the former. And I think that's the goal um, for the Eagles. Look, everybody can't have a thousand yards. So if AJ's getting a thousand yards, if Dallas is getting a thousand yards, Devontae's not getting a thousand yards. So it's kind of what what are your expectations? I think he's going to have more impactful plays, but less traffic because the traffic one uh, A and one B is going to be AJ Brown and Dallas Goddard. So what type of positions do you anticipate them putting him in, right? Um, do you see them using him as more as, as a deep threat um, on corner routes, uh, on out routes? Um, how do you see them using Devontae Smith? Uh, how do you see them using Devontae Smith alongside A.J. Brown? Uh, I think uh, more uh, deep routes uh, um, than he had last year. Um, he's not going to be the chain mover guy. That's going to be one of the things they've been working on pretty consistently throughout camp is that quick sort of 10 yard out to AJ Brown. They do it consistently, consistently. So you can see on third and seven, it's what coaches always say. You got to be able to convert, convert third and seven. That's going to be AJ Brown, right? That's going to be the first option. Um, but you, you know, th that's up to the coaching staff. I say this all the time. Offenses have changed. There's no full field progressions anymore. And, you know, occasionally. But for the most part, um, it's it's more of a college-like game uh, in the NFL. They try to make it, uh, as, you know, a coach told me, it's easier to teach concepts than plays because you don't have the time, the preparation, the two-a-days that you used to have in the, the old days when it was Joe Montana looking at full field progressions with Bill Walsh, that doesn't exist anymore. So um, it's up to the coaching staff. It's up to Nick Sirianni. It's up to Shane Steichen to, to, to have the discipline to make sure not only DeMonte Smith, but also Quez Watkins, um, you can't just always say, all right, Dallas is my first progression. AJ is my second right. or, or vice versa. You have to, you have to sort of have trend busters, uh, uh, trend busters in there say, okay, this we're going to Devante. He's the first progression on this play, but that, and, and I, I've said this probably 10 times in the off season here on a birds 365. That's not Jalen Hurts. That's got that's the coaching staff. That's they have to be the disciplined one. Jalen Hurts is going to do what he's told as the quarterback. If you call AJ and Dallas, AJ and Dallas, AJ and Dallas, AJ and Dallas, he's going to keep throwing it to him because that's what he's instructed to do. Um, they have to be the disciplined ones. So would you put more pressure on his coaching staff than the actual quarterback? Well, in that type of bat, in, in in that category, yes, it's not Jalen's job. This is not, you know, that's where I think a lot of fans don't understand. It's not. Oh, AJ's not open. Dallas isn't open. Um, and you go full field from right to left. Doesn't exist. Doesn't exist in this offense for the most part. 
once every seven, eight throws, maybe. Um, they might do something like that. Um, it's going to be high-low, high-low read, and it's going to be maybe a dump off to the back or tight end. Uh, occasional third progression. So that's up to the coaching staff to make sure they're disciplined to get everybody involved, especially Devontae Smith, uh, because Devontae's really, really talented. So the last thing you want is to forget about Devontae Smith. And I don't think they will, but I think people need to understand it's not, you know, it's not Jalen Hurts' fault if, 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 if the traffic isn't where you want it for Devontae Smith. Is the hype around this team justified? Because, you know, you laid it all out, right? They have all the tools, especially on offense, they need to succeed for the most part. Um, there's no such thing as a perfect offense or a perfect defense. You're never going to actually have everything you need to succeed. There's going to be moments where people have to play above their pay grade. There's going to be moments where coaches are going to have to coach above their pay grade and um, have those have those moments of greatness. But, again, having all the tools they need to essentially succeed and be competitive, is the hyper minus team justified or is it pretty much just off-season jargon? What is Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The hype. Define the hype. Uh, are they a playoff Good team? Point. Uh, yes, uh, they should be. Um, are they a Super Bowl contender? Eh, if you think that, the hype is probably a little bit too much. Um, so it kind of depends on the individual. Um, but they should be in the conversation to win this division, in the conversation to make the playoffs. And if they don't uh, win the division, it should be labeled a disappointment. If they don't make the playoffs on top of that, it should be a massive disappointment. Um, but if you're expecting Super Bowl, you're probably jumping ahead a few steps. Um, still some work to do before that. Okay, so obviously winning a Super Bowl is the ultimate overachievement for this Philadelphia Eagles team. But this may sound like an oxymoron, but... What's the most realistic overachievement for this team? Um, we, we know <clears throat> winning the division should be the floor. Um, making the playoffs obviously should be the floor. But in your eyes, what would you say, okay, this team overachieved outside of a Super Bowl? Is that a playoff win? Is that making it to the conference championship? What is that for you? That, that's realistic or attainable? Well, I mean, if you get in the playoffs, the Super Bowl's realistic. I mean, if you if you you look at Cincinnati last year, um, you know, playing the longest season in NFL history, they, you know, they beat the number one seed on the road. They ultimately go to the Super Bowl. Um, once you get in the dance, that was Andy Reid's philosophy. Look, it might be an injury, you know. Um, one of one of the reasons Super Bowl Fifty Two was so astonishing uh, was the fact that the Eagles lost Carson Wentz, and everybody thought the season was over. Um, on the and and typically it would be 
um, if you lose your starting quarterback, who's probably going to be the MVP uh, in that year. Um, so that was sort of lightning in a bottle. Maybe, maybe the opposite happens. Maybe somebody else has a key injury and it, and it works out like it's supposed to when you have a key injury. And all of a sudden the Eagles get a break and uh, they get hot at the right time again and, and they make a run. So um, once you get in the playoffs, once you punch your ticket, anything's possible. But I think anybody, anybody who would say with this particular team entering the season, if they got to the playoffs and won a playoff game and then tapped out, I would consider that a, a successful, successful season. Okay. Let's move the conversation forward a little bit. I want to talk about Miles Sanders. He was sidelined again with the hamstring injury. And I understand that this team, you know, we talk about it all the time, right? They're being cautious with these players. Uh, even if they have a nick, even if they have a stub toe, even if they have a cough or if they breathe wrong, <laughs> they're going to have these guys sitting on the sideline, uh, you know, taking a break. But I personally can't shake this uneasiness around Miles Sanders and just his health. Um the hamstring is one of those soft tissue ticky tack injuries that lingers throughout a season, especially if you I get a one call a hamstring ticky tack, Joe. Those can be serious, man. I remember Darren Sproles tore his hamstring, and people were saying, Why isn't Darren Sproles back? Why isn't Darren Sproles back? And the Eagles are very clandestine. And they said, How is he not back from a hamstring injury? Well, actually, he tore his hamstring. And I, he ended up missing about 10 weeks or so. Um, those hamstrings, especially with so-called uh, thoroughbred positions, so skill positions, so running back, wide receiver, cornerback, those are those are you don't want to mess with those. Uh, so, that, so, so, so that leads further to my point, right? Miles Sanders, should we be concerned? The fact that it's a hamstring, at least. No. Because of the date, it's August 17th, and okay. the Eagles are being cautious for a reason. They don't have to play sep sep till September 11th. So, okay. you know, if they just rest him and he shows up September 11th, I'm fine with it. Um, and he's he he looks fine. He's out there. He's watching practice. Again, I always say that's a good sign because if it were serious, they wouldn't have him out on the field. Um so it's pretty evident they're just being cautious with him. I get why people are concerned because of his history, but um, it's evident that they're just being cautious with him. And they should be because they're not very deep at running back, um, especially with Kenny Gainwell having a, a, a poor summer, or at least what from what people expected. And evidently he bobbled a punt today. It's been a little bit less than sure-handed, which is weird because that's supposed to be the strength of his game. Um, Boston Scott finally back from the concussion. But again, then you have Jason Huntley, who's not ready, and um, Kennedy Brooks, who's not ready. So the Eagles need Miles Sanders to be completely healthy. And the fact that they're not putting him out there, as you said, if he has a cough, they're not going to put him out there. Why Why should they? Why would they? Okay. So, you know, we're going to begin to close the show very soon. Um, I just have a couple follow-up questions on the Miles Sanders topic. Well, you send him out there, and I have to ask you this. 
we know the past couple seasons he's only played 12 games, right? He's been sent out there, only played about 12 games. This is the second season in a row. Well, in 2021, the second season in a row where it ended at 12 games for him. I have to ask you, what's the over-under for Miles Sanders playing over 12 games? Like, like what's the what, – what, 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 what are you taking, over or under, 12 games? I'm going to go over law of averages. I, as a rookie, he did play all 16. That's true. Um, and then he had some injuries and injuries again. Um, so I'm going law of averages. There haven't been serious injuries. He broke his hand last year, um, as well. And that's kind of like, you know, people can say players are injury prone, but he broke his hand. What are you going to, what are you going to do? I mean, <laughs> yeah. what's you know. your definition injury prone? I'm curious about that. Some people define it differently. Some people say, well, if he keeps breaking this, he's injury prone, or if it's, if he's constantly pulling something, he's injured. Prone. What's your well, definition? I, of injury I would prone? think, you know, there are certain guys who have, you know, um, consistent soft tissue injuries. So I would consider that injury prone. If it happens over multiple years, multiple times, you know, if you tear your ACL, in a non-contact way, yeah, yeah, I can't consider that injury prone. Um, it's a violent sport. Everybody gets hurt. Zach Ertz used to say, "100% that is the injury rate in in professional football. If you play the game long enough, you're going to get hurt. You're going to yeah. get hurt. So and, you, you know, know when you when you start talking about hamstrings versus Achilles or ACLs." Right. You know, you'd rather have the hamstring. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a fact right there. Uh, one one more question. Um, a fan favorite, I think one of your favorites, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Noah Togiai. I love I love I love saying his name. It's a uh, Tungiai. 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 Exactly. Noah Tungiai. My apologies, my man. I'm curious to know um, what do you think um, the outlook on his 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 future is with this with this Philadelphia Eagles team. Grant Cockatero has been hurt, um, and uh, you have a guy like Jack Stoll, who's not the most dynamic at the position. But Togiai is, is continuing to make a name for himself. He had a good day at camp once again. He's continuing to stack these days. If he makes this roster, why does he make this roster? And if he does, should he be tied in two? Um, should he be tied in three? And when someone else comes back, what's your picture for the tight end position and Noah Togiai? Right <clears throat> well, he, he he should be the tight end, too. Um to me, he's been the second best tight end in camp, but the Eagles seem to think that's Jack Stoll. Um, so, look, can he make the team? Yes, um, as the third tight end. And it might only be for a short time because if Tyree Jackson comes back early in the season, I assume he's going to start on the pup list, so he's going to have to be out at least four weeks. So it might be one of those situations where, Noah makes the initial 53. Maybe he's on the team for a month or so, and and then he gets uh, waived to make room for Tyree Jackson and um, gets put back on the practice squad if he clears waivers. It might be that type of situation. But he deserves to make this team. Now, we're not done. Um, I, I said the four most important practices of the summer started today. So – but before today, he has deserved to make this team. Now, he could, you know what the bed in these four practices. He can right. go backwards. He hasn't sealed the deal. 
But through those first 12 practices in Philadelphia, um, he deserved to make this team. Mm. You can't argue with that. You guys, this has been a really, really interesting episode of Football 24-7 with John McMullen. And I'm your host, Tone Dishos the second. You know, we really appreciate you guys liking them on the content and also staying consistent in the live chat. You know, this this season is so interesting because this this Philadelphia Eagles team has so many narratives surrounding it um, on, on, on all levels, on, on both sides of the ball. And, you know, there's there, there's, there's plenty of pressure to go around. Um, no one is, is exempt from the pressure. And we all know you fans are going to continue to mount the pressure on your team because we shouldn't expect any less, right? We shouldn't expect any less effort. Um, and at the same time, we shouldn't expect anything short of excellence. But there's always going to be hiccups. There's always going to be injuries. There's always going to be things that are unforeseen. But we always will have you guys covered here at Jacob Sports. Make sure you guys continue to smash that like button. Make sure you guys stay engaged in the live chat. Subscribe to the channel, Jacob Sports. And also and also check out the website, jacobsports.com. There you can read articles and pieces from John McMullen, Joseph Liquido, and Paul Domowicz. And most importantly, you guys, the best post-game show in town is on its way. The Jacob Sports post-game show with... Derek Gunn, Mike Missinelli, Seth Joyner, and Devin Caney is coming this Eagle season, September 11th. They will be live at Ocean Casino Resort in their new sports book, The Gallery. There you can take care of all your sports betting needs. You can get good food. You can uh, get great drinks, and you can just catch the ultimate sports vibe. And you're going to be able to chat it up with some of the best in the game. And Derek Gunn, Mike Missinelli, Seth Joyner, and Deb Caney. They'll be live on YouTube and on 6ABC.com. So make sure you guys are in attendance at Ocean Casino Resort. And if you can't get to Atlantic City, make sure you guys are locked in on the Jacob Sports YouTube channel and 6ABC.com. But we're going to end the show. We appreciate you guys for locking in. This has been Football 24-7 with John McMullen. And I have you been your host, Tone DeShields II. One love, stay humble, stay healthy, and most importantly, stay hungry, you guys. And fly goes fly. Credit Card Bill.